0: You're listening to a rock candy podcast.
1: You are now entering Magnified
0: Studios. Welcome.
1: Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents, It's Hard to Find a Podcast. Covering your favorite indie bands from the '90s Christian alternative scene. Put your tape decks on record.
2: I'm Andrew. I'm John. <laughs> this,
1: this is our podcast. Yeah. And your boy is in love mm. with antibodies.
2: <laughs> yes. But
1: um, he's getting he's getting very close and familiar with those antibodies (laughs) i yesterday i got my covid booster and my flu shot which i'm not sure i mean it's convenient just getting them all done at the same time one arm and everything but i don't know if i would advise it (laughs) i was exhausted last night and then just pretty much exhausted all day today yeah i didn't like I didn't feel necessarily sick, just sort of like really tired and achy for whatever reason. Like my back, my back really was like achy and sore and my legs were sore, but you know, we are, it's, I it's been 10 months since my last COVID vaccine. And I was chomping at the bit. I was ready to, ready to get it.
2: Well, I guess it's time for me then too. have you, did you have that reaction in the past? I can't remember. Other yeah, sides? I was.
1: I was always. I always yeah. felt really tired.
2: I've never There's had some, that. Some so
1: people maybe... felt like some people felt like wiped out and like yeah, like they're and like I was exhausted, but I don't. I wouldn't. I never would call it like you know. I never felt like sick really. So right, everybody. I don't know. Did you? Did you ever do? Did you do Moderna? Did you do? I'm a I'm a Pfizer guy. You're a Pfizer boy.
2: Yeah. I'm a, I don't know if that makes any difference. I'm
1: a Broderna, bro. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, maybe that makes a difference. I don't know. I I, I I, do feel like there was that narrative for a while that like, oh, Moderna knocks you out or something. But who knows? Um, But yeah, last time, I, or whatever time that was, I guess a year ago, I got the Blue Star and the flu shot at the same time and was fine then. So hopefully huh. now. But I don't know. This is, a new, it's like, this is uh, a new recipe. Yeah. Colonel's
1: um, Secret Recipes got ooh, its... Uh, uh,
2: tasty new new herbs and spices lots of spices in there
1: (laughs) um well brand new microchips mm -hmm, brand new brand new fetal cells and all that
2: there's gonna be all kinds of stuff that makes us want to give to bill gates uh (laughs) or whatever the conspiracy is is that even right who knows um but while you're pushing through as we have been for much of this year just just getting on that podcast horse and Right enough, yep. even though we just want to lay down in the dust. Um, yeah.
1: We, <laughs> there was, even though, you know, I took a little bit of a social media break, which was really necessary. But one of the things that I also opted to do was turn off notifications Good call. and just keep them off. Uh, but something that I saw today on Reductress is how to listen to your body except for when it says to run into the woods and lie down forever. Yeah.
2: I, I resonated with that one. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. I. This has been, it's been a year of really, like you said, pushing through and, yeah. uh, but you know, even though I'm tired and uh, recovering from these vaccines, it's not going to stop your boy. No. Nope. Cracking open beer.
2: What you got there?
1: I've got that Bauhaus Lounge Wizard. Oh, what's that? Um it's a it's a juicy IPA. Ah. Bauhaus juicy. is um hosting this weekend their Schwantoberfest, Ooh. which is their, you know, their German German Hell festival yeah. and uh it's always fun. It's, um went last year and ready to go again. And you've got any big, you got, do you go to any of the Chicago ones or? No, you any? know it, baby. Yeah.
2: Palatine, Illinois, Oktoberfest this weekend. Uh, come through everybody. Uh, <laughs> always a good time. Palatine, uh, a town settled by German immigrants. Um, and for a while, German was like more spoken than english here and there's like a german newspaper and all this stuff
3: hmm. so
2: oktoberfest roots run deep here which is why i have Ooh. a oktoberfest of my own nice brewed by off-color brewing here in chicago love everything they do And this is yes. called a waddle and features a little walrus guy waddling around it's their oktoberfest Let's, is the walrus playing an accordion uh, you bet your balls he is <laughs> he's uh He's playing the accordion. The old a squeeze mouse box. is playing a tuba. Penguins are getting down to it. Uh one penguin oh, yeah. has passed out from drinking too big a Stein. Um, good times here on this can. And good times at Oktoberfests. Uh yeah. what's the thing they say? What's the cheers and uh Prost? Prost. Pro, Prost something yeah, like that. That that thing. That's that's the ticket. Um, anyway, some nice beers here and uh some nice shows experiences yeah now it. we we retook this so i could do a better transition (laughs) and it was worse um anyway you went to a good show tell us about it
1: (laughs) yeah i went to a show as i I teed up on the previous episode went to go see jimmy Eat world and uh with charlie bliss as an opener very and uh i was sending you photos and some videos that evening as i do with any show that I'm like any show i go to you gotta get you a bro like John yes. that you can just <laughs> we'll take all
2: of your yes, show, please. Fo- show photos send them all
1: and i'd never seen charlie bliss live and That's... uh ava puts <laughs> she and i mean this like in the best way possible but mm-hmm. she is like um an adult
2: baby <laughs> um, she's got a <laughs> She's got a, I'm a very sexy baby voice. I mean, that, yeah. But, but it's, it's a not even like,
1: one. I mean, it's not as, it's not necessarily just like the sexy baby singing voice, but like <laughs> she was wearing these like tights. Yeah. And like what looked like a like tiny little dress on top mm-hmm.
2: of these tights. She usually wears some kind of like tutu. Get up.
1: Like yeah. a little tutu situation. And then she was like sort <laughs> of like around.
2: dancing and bouncing and yeah. jumping. and like... Just a big old toddler.
1: <laughs> I know. That's, I was like, <laughs> she's giving off like a giant uh adult baby toddler vibes on stage and i'm yeah. like this is this is a very confusing boner
2: <laughs> i was going to say then is it a problem if she's also very attractive
1: she's very attractive and they rocked really hard yeah and she was shredding on this really cool guitar yeah uh that i learned was designed by Saint Vincent's like pretty cool i guess i guess for women uh specifically uh, uh, yeah maybe i did hear about this so um Anyway, they were great. And then Jimmy came on stage, um, literally. And I've never seen them before. And I've only ever heard good things about their live show. And I can't believe, I can't believe (laughs) how good they were. Awesome. And, you know, you listen to their records and, like, yeah, they're really tight and polished and they sound really good, they're produced really well. But they're not simply a studio band because they can bring it live. Jim's yeah. voice is amazing. They shred. They have such a tight set from a, obviously a band that's been together across three decades. Yeah, you would. Expect- He's still hitting
2: all those high notes. He he sounds great. Nice.
1: He sounds really good. I mean, good. they played. They played sweetness. Obviously,
2: yeah. did complete American. Did it ever happen?
1: That that did. You know, Oof. it. You know when you, when you said when you texted me about "Bleed American," in my mind I was thinking the middle when you said it, oh. but they did play "Bleed American." I man, I gotta yeah. hear
2: that! Oh man, it was great. <laughs>
1: and I don't know, man. Just watching, just watching, like he's he just has this rock star vibe to him this rock star persona just like wearing this long sleeve shirt just like sweating through it and just rocking hard and his hair is like getting like that wet sort of soppy look to Uh it and like and we as we were waiting in line i'm like Let's, let's give it up for Jim Adkins for rocking the same hairstyle since the <laughs> yeah, 90s yeah. and still like pulling it off and looking right. good.
2: Still kind of like floppy, but looking cool.
1: Floppy, like sort of like the center part situation uh-huh. going on. Cool dude. Cool dude. Really cool dude. And uh, they played some old older stuff, you know, they played some clarity stuff. They, I mean, nice. they did. They 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 ran the gamut. Uh, so if you guys can see. Jimmy world. I would recommend it.
2: Yeah, they've, I was telling you, I don't think I've seen them. It's there's like a stretch of, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, just constant shows. It's possible they were in the mix at some point, um, but I don't think so. And I've always wanted to see them. And um, yeah, this is where I do my complaint about it's great that Chicago has so many festivals, but it's also bad. Cause they're playing at riot fest, which costs a lot of money and it's like a whole thing and you have to commit to it. And they did play one of those late night post riot fest uh shows with charlie bliss but that sold out instantaneously and, yeah um, there's
1: there's no comparison to seeing a band like that in in a festival versus yeah, a room right. like yes. first Ave,
2: a small dark room yeah
1: oh you know, he and he was like I, I i don't think i like to believe that bands are genuine but because of the how iconic First Ave is but that a lot of artists will say like this is like one Jim said this is like one of the best clubs in the country yeah, and one of my favorite clubs in the country. I believe that. And when I saw Japanese Breakfast you know Mm -hmm. she's like the last time I was here I did not do it. it didn't go very well and I'm like I blew it I'll never be back at First Ave again (laughs) and then she like blew up and got really big and you know, she felt like she got another chance to prove herself, and that show fucking ruled. Yeah. Man. So there's like, I just feel like there's this this a lot of a lot of love for that venue, and yeah, it's it's like my that that size venue is kind of it's perfect. I don't I don't like getting any any bigger than that. Really. No,
2: no it's a great. It was like my you know defaults go to venue growing up, and it sort of ruined me for life because no <laughs> club is really as great as that. Um. Yeah, I was on the fence about Riot Fest. Yeah, as they're playing for one of my favorite bands and I haven't seen them in like 10 years or whatever because they haven't done anything in 10 years. And it's like, maybe I'll go to that. But then they announced they were doing like a late night Metro show. And I was like, I'm gonna get this. And that obviously didn't work even though I was like waiting on my computer for it to go on sale. And Riot Fest is on my anniversary anyway so they probably wouldn't have flown to begin with. (laughs) So striking out with shows lately. I really wanted to go see this band Heilung which I can't remember if I have talked to you about mm. or talked about on the pod but they're like this northern european sort of like pre-christian pagan folk metal thing oh, hell yeah and they call their shows like rituals oh, <laughs> and they hell have yeah. like very elaborate drums and dancers and antlers on their heads and all this cool stuff and i was like i got to go to this and i didn't make that show happen either couldn't make it work so anyway in a bit of a dry spell here um but Grave Robber coming up in Chicago next month for spooky season. <laughs> you know I'm going to be at that.
1: Oh hell yeah!
2: So I'll report for that.
1: Man, and Dead is coming to the Twin Cities as
2: well. Yeah. Um, of them you, to. You, you, I you saw, saw them at a festival this summer. Yeah. Um, but They're they haven't at the really fine line. Yeah, man. See, they haven't really played like a po- a proper headlining show here. I think because a lot of people were like, Oh, Chicago will just play a festival and. They did these little, like, truck shows in the summer where they drive around and play in the back of a truck, which was cool, but, like, are... hard to access. and Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Were we're ready like... to go back to... Uh...
1: Do they, like... Is it, like, a parade situation where they just go... They're driving around playing? Or is it, like, they no, stop somewhere like a, to
2: play? It's, like, a tr- trailer, basically, and they just, okay. like, set up in there, and whoever's there gathers around, which is cool. Um, they're super fun live, so... Anyway. I'll anyway. report back about shows that I see... Um speaking of shows and festivals. Mm, yeah. One big festival coming up this weekend as this episode drops. Yeah. How many of our magpod nation members are heading down to Furnace Fest? I um,
1: know it is after Five Iron played in Denver this last weekend mm-hmm. as we're recording and then playing Furnace Fest. It is a huge bummer to yeah. not be able to see either of these shows after the amazing time that like I still just think about that time of being able to cover them and have yep. such a unique experience uh yep. for the pod and after the album just feels unfair it's unfair yep. so I hope everybody's <laughs> gets in that pit and we should have been there should have been um, God damn
2: it. we're gonna put the pressure on them for a midwest show soon um but For those who are going to Furnace Fest or just want to hear more about Furnace Fest, uh, you're in luck because this week on the pod, Shadow Producer Jason stopping by to talk about unoriginal vinyl's presence there, releases you can expect, the Furnace Fest book. He and fellow past and future guests, Jared Scott and Bruno, uh, who's done amazing artwork for us, put together. uh, So he will have lots of cool stuff to talk about later on this episode. But before then... Before that... You know, you were talking about the Five Iron Show, mm-hmm. and Patreon Punk Brock did mm. did us a solid. Reported on the scene, sent us a bunch of DMs about it, and I wanted to share a little bit about his experience. Uh, he said it was amazing. I rolled my ankle skanking to the opener, totally worth <laughs> it. <laughs> Which sounds like you know a middle aged person's review of going to see Five Iron. Uh, he said he he saw um, Reese at a bar before the show and gave him a shot of Fireball, uh, which is oh perfect. My God. Uh, he also introduced himself to Micah, who was having dinner at the bar, and Micah thought that Brock Dittus was one of Reese's aliases. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like disoriented when Brock introduced himself as Brock Dittus and <laughs> learned he was a real person. Um, Micah said. Uh, for a few years, I thought that was an alternate personality from Reese until I met you last night. If it seemed like my mind was being blown when you introduced yourself, it was. And Brock was like, I'm honored. Um, and he said the band sounded so, so good. Said a bunch of pics. Reese in a ridiculous wig and vest. Uh, and then he said, Andy led the crowd in a Bohemian Rhapsody sing-along after the house lights came on at the end of the show, which I did see some people sharing videos of online, which looked amazing. So everybody got to the Gothic Theater very jealous. Hope you had fun. If you have other stories from them, let us know about them. But that's yes. not uh that's not all we heard from this week.
1: No, we we heard from some some other folks uh cuz we got some voicemails. We have a mm. voicemail line 872 762 4763 7 magpod Um so John last week we talked about uh, Craig's brother, and we mm. we had had some conversations we were uh, discussing, Ted Bond, and yes. sort of a, a little bit of our back and forth with him when we were covering Craig's brother last year. And wouldn't you know it? We have a voicemail from Ted Bond. Oh boy. Hey guys, this is Ted
4: Bond. I listened to your interview with Jason today. That was great. I really loved it. Um, the reason I'm calling is I just kind of got the impression that you guys think that I don't like you. That's <laughs> totally
1: not true. I love you guys, I think you're great. Um, uh-huh. true, I didn't like your review of Office C. And <laughs> any any harshness in the way I reacted to that was Purely facetious. I love you guys. Please
2: <laughs> don't take it seriously. I'm sorry. I said fuck you. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's what I have to say.
3: Right. <laughs> Listen to you later.
2: <laughs> perfect. <laughs> perfect. Ted voicemail. Love it. Love it. Th- thanks, Ted. Thank You, buddy.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's 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 always hard to know. Yeah, you know, we have we have some. We've made some friends and and stuff over the years through the pod. But it's always hard to know how the artists feel Mm -hmm. because we're talking about things that are very personal and very, it's an expression of themselves. And then we're like, Oh, this, this is not great. (laughs) You know, of course they, there's there, you know, be some like, they take it personally, but
2: yeah. So appreciate that Ted. Um, I get the, I get the sense that he's, he's on our, he's on our wavelength.
1: Yeah, no, He's oh, for sure, us. for sure. And I, what I really wanted to hear him say was that he co-signed the the tour that we'd be able yes. to see.
2: Streets are talking. Streets we are got talking. a few committed Midwesterners <laughs> <laughs> uh, on our socials this week, saying so they, they're going to make the show happen. So you heard it. You heard it here, Craig's bro and too bad, Eugene, folks. The streets are talking. They want it.
1: Yeah. All right. We got Eric from California.
3: Hey guys, this is Eric from California. Uh, I was just calling because I had listened to the uh, value pack episode Uh. with uh, their, their first album with Sunday Christian on it. And I'm surprised that no one mentioned this that I've heard of, but it's always bothered me. Um, when i first heard that song i was like that's a gutter mouth song and uh if you listen to mm. the gutter mouth song carp off of uh their first full length the album formerly known as full length lp uh i think you might agree so go ahead and check that out and tell me what you think right Magpod for life hell yeah Later.
2: thanks eric um I can see that. I don't know if I can name that song specifically, but I can see you know Guttermouth sounding like Value Pack.
0: You know,
1: I, I guess I my feelings about the Value Pack comparison maybe more so since it was their first record. But I always thought about thought about them as a rancid.
2: Yeah, they're they're a little more you know ska adjacent than yeah. Guttermouth is. I would right. say. Um, but interesting. I'll have to go back and yeah, compare it. So we
1: we've got a we got a string of voicemails from uh, Eric.
2: All right.
3: Hey
1: guys, this is Eric from California. I uh, was just listening to episode yesterday where Mr. John Potter was talking about his paranormal experience,
0: mm. and
1: I was laying in bed last night, couldn't sleep, and I got to thinking,
3: and I started to think that uh, it's all come full circle, and I understand now. I think I've solved the mystery. The phantom cackler, perhaps, is this
1: jauntily walking man, the <laughs> shadow figure in the top hat. I Think I got it, guys. Backbone <laughs> for life.
2: You know, this is, I believe, something that we brought up on the pod at some point. So maybe I give think- it a few more episodes. But
1: I think it thinks so. Yeah, but it, it it's. <laughs> it's very possible um i i i don't know which uh which episode because we did we have talked about that in a couple episodes (laughs) yeah and we talked about it last year i think i had Mm you recount it during our magna pod yes which i feel like it needs to become a yearly tradition of you recounting the the hat man because i like it it's it is truly what I can't it's one of the things that I cannot forget because I cannot wrap my head around it at all I mean and you're the one who experienced it Mm -hmm. so (laughs) if if you if you guys are wondering what we're talking about uh you're gonna have to wait or you're gonna have to go back through the archives and yeah listen for the episode of uh John talking about the hat man
2: yeah I uh it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, question mark, to hear that other people are laying in their beds thinking about it at night, uh, <laughs> as has been the case for me for many years. Um, and quick shout out to uh, Google Translate on this yes. voicemail, because A, he says the phantom, it says the phantom cockler. <laughs> which sounds like a new run of merch we could do for Magnified Pod this year. It's, it's a it's like a rooster with a top hat on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and B it says backpack for life, which is funny. Um but thank you Eric. We, yes. We, uh, we hear
1: it we hear it we hear it Magpod <laughs> exclusively wear Jan Sport backpacks, that's right?
2: We're sponsored by Jan Sport. <laughs> you don't hear a lot of Jan Sport sponsors on pods these days. No. Um, if,
1: let's let's reach out to Jan Sport. Yeah. Let's get let's get that let's get that Jan Sport
2: money. It's an untapped market. I don't know. Right? Um, yeah, spooky season fast approaching, y'all. And next week we're taking a break. The week after that, we're back in Magna Fright Pod territory, baby. Ooh. So start thinking about your own paranormal experiences, your own spooky and Halloween stories, and, and send them on into the pod, and we'll talk about your possible experiences with the Phantom Cackler uh, taking another form.
1: All right. We got a we got an email from Eastern. And with the Subject worlds are colliding,
2: <laughs> and this is what it's like when worlds collide. <laughs> I think that's what You're ready it. to
1: go. This, is this spider.
2: I think so. It's <laughs> nice to hear from spider.
1: I know it's been a wow. while. So he said, until about an hour ago, I was confident I was the only weirdo who listens to both Christian Punk Ska and outlaw texas country hell yeah (laughs) enjoyed the interview overall but i just had contact y'all after you dropped references to sturgill simpson and hank three in the same conversation as craig's brother hank three really plays with the edges of styles too i got to see him at the 930 club in dc where he did three separate sets outlaw hellbilly which was like skate punk country Hmm. and then he brought out a whole new set of musicians for his metal band ass jack (laughs) (laughs) outstanding If you're really interested, there's a Twitter feed and blog called Saving Country Music that tracks the goings on in the non-nash pop country world. That's pretty great for finding new music. They also maintain a top 25 playlist on Apple Music, I assume Spotify too. I've never heard of Nash Pop.
2: That's no, but that's you know, you immediately know what (laughs) that means.
1: Yeah, immediately know. On the subject of great storytelling music, though, a long, long time ago, my future wife went to a $5 country show in Northern Virginia featuring a 16 or 17 year old Taylor Swift. This was a line dancing crowd, so it didn't go over super well, but the stellar songwriting was already there. Her stuff then would have just worked better in a coffee shop setting. Thanks, guys. That's what that's Uh, uh, Yasin. that's at, a that good
2: was, bragging story for life that is
1: that is some good bragging rights to yeah see taylor swift performing for a crowd that was not into it i yeah, <laughs> yeah that's not something you're ever really going to hear no
2: ever. it's a it's an alternate universe at this point um yeah might have to do a season on ass uh <laughs> <laughs> next um yes I, I didn't mention this when we were talking with jason but um I have plugged on the in the past on the pod, uh, the Sturgill Simpson record Sound and Fury, which I love dearly, yeah. and the like, uh, film <laughs> that it's like an adaptation which is available on Netflix and is animated and just like the wildest thing ever. So, highly recommend that if you're into some wild Sturgill, uh, <laughs> animated mayhem and looking to party on a Friday night. Um, thanks, Yasin. Awesome. Yes, got our boy. Joel Kircher.
3: Gentlemen of the magnified pod. (laughs) It's your boy, Joel in Ithaca. You guys. I don't even believe it on this podcast where we are barely touching like adult contemporary Christian rock, which is what this band is usually considered. Um, You guys popped out one of the seminal bands in my music taste. I remember uh, recording a half hour to an hour of a local uh, Christian rock radio show, 10 by 12 on, I think, 106.7 Chicago, something like that. He pops on this track by this brand new band pray for rain hell yeah and uh i heard it when it played and i played it over and over again and as i was playing it in my house my mom was like are you listening to the beatles I was right like, oh, this is what the beatles yeah. sound like the beatles <laughs> must be really good because <laughs> boys pfr had the goods yeah they did so when pfr came through on tour with his brand new little unknown band that just got signed out of greenwood college in illinois called jars of clay jars of clay <laughs> that's right what your boy joel did he dragged his mom out to true tunes upstairs club in wheaton illinois yeah and, oh, there it is uh rocked out with like 10 other people in this room listening to uh <laughs> pfr and jars of clay and i'll tell you flood i'd never heard it before but it kicked in that show Mm -hmm. too bad it got played to death in the rest of the world but
1: well joel do i have some news for you
0: Mm, Hell yeah
1: uh because this october uh because we had we had talked about on that episode that those tickets right sold out immediately for those two shows but turns out they released some extra tickets yeah they did and your boy snagged one Yes, so oh, for man. the for the good of the pod, yes, I am going and for myself because I don't think I would be able to forgive myself. For,
2: yeah. yeah, going to that show. Planet a, a barn, a secret venue.
1: Yeah, some <sighs> It's like this barn that's like 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour west of the cities. So this is
2: like going to Raves in high school where they wouldn't release <laughs> the venue until the day and you had to like call a number and it's like some weird remote <laughs> spot half an hour outside the city. I mean, I mean, yeah. we've all,
1: we've always said that PFR is the high school rave of CCM
2: going, going to see PFR in a barn, uh, in 2022, much like a <laughs> rave, um,
1: much like a high school rave with, yeah. uh, uh, pacifier necklaces, and, <laughs> little you know, glow sticks between your fingers, glow sticks between your fingies, some fishnets, yeah. shirts, and a Teletubby's
2: backpack. If you were me, <laughs> um, but uh yes i'm very jealous of you slash very happy that you will be the representative of of magpod there and and report back and obviously get in with the band and get them on the pod
1: yeah absolutely so thank you for those voicemails and those emails uh keep hitting us up we love hearing from everybody Mm -hmm. uh but right now we're gonna hear from one of our dudes our main dude uh one of our main dudes we have lots of main dudes (laughs) yeah um Jason from Unoriginal Vinyl is going to join us to talk about uh, Furnace Fest and all of the happenings with Unoriginal Vinyl. Hey. 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 look at hey. this guy. look at this fucking
2: guy. <laughs> hey,
4: look at this guy over here. Oh,
2: gobble goo. Look
4: at this guy with his pasta fazoola. <laughs>
2: That's us guy, man.
4: Good, how are you?
2: You know, talking indie rock.
4: Ooh, man. Let's get oh. out our math graph paper <laughs> and write a song that is in 7-4 time. Hell
2: yeah. Sounds cool. Pumped
4: about uh, this festival? I think so. It's going to be a little different than it was last year. I've tried to take all of the lessons I learned from last year. The last time I was on your podcast was leading into Furnace Fest 2021. Oh, really? Wow. On the Big Orange Couch in Breckenridge. Right. Talking about what could potentially happen when we launched three records, essentially by surprise every single day of Furnace Fest, to see what kind of crazy re- relationship there might be between social media buzz and people talking very quickly and... Making a game plan almost instantaneously to try to get those records from us Mm -hmm. while we were doing a scavenger hunt. And then the sort of reality of practical application of one person holding a website and 500 unique users trying to access that website every single day on essentially two or three devices. How long that ended up taking, how much we didn't account for handing somebody an ipad and having them have no idea what an ipad was right. all these things kind of caught us by surprise and ended up taking what should have been a really fun fast interaction between us i in my mind i think naively thought 90 seconds per person right i hand you an ipad you fill out your information including your credit card and your mailing address you hand it back to me you got your record it's going to mail back to you when you're done So a lot of that didn't quite work out the way I thought it was more like at least five to six minutes per person.
0: Yeah.
4: And times 500, there's just not enough hours in the day to make all that fun. So you ask your friends to use their phones and you're just having to react to those situations very quickly. So I've accounted for all of that this year and changed the entire process and innovated something completely new, a platform that's never been used on any e-commerce sites before Mm -hmm. ever. And there's, also, this year, a lot of potential for failure, which is super exciting.
2: <laughs> that's that's you, man. You're out on that cutting edge. That's what makes it exciting, right?
4: Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's not the kind of cutting edge that we did artwork for Under Oath, uh, the Changing of Times record about six months ago for Revolver, the magazine, mm. and forgot about it. Mm. Revolver was very not responsive and just sort of like, thanks for the artwork. Goodbye. No idea if this or when it will release. Uh, And on Monday, almost to the minute that the tooth and nail newsletter came out announcing the four or the three Furnace Fest titles, Under Oath dropped a surprise NFT revolver campaign. That uh, was an album plus an NFT for a premium price. So I was just scrambling, like, I guess I got to write a write up for the Under Oath artwork that we did, but I don't really have much to say. And do I even honestly, this thing feels like kind of a shit show from the Revolver campaign side of things. And I don't really support NFTs at all. Like they don't make sense to me. I think they're garbage, like garbage currency and a garbage like Web 3.0. If somebody can really truly justify the need for Web 3.0 in a persuasive, logical, fact-based argument in the ways that it has added value to our culture or individuals' lives, other than making them rich theoretically, I have yet to hear that argument. So- First of all, the question is, do we even tell people we were involved in the Under Oath record? But Mm. at the end of the day, we're like a graphic design company. So for other artists or labels who might want to work with us, they're going to look at our social media post as essentially a portfolio of work. Right. If the first thing that they see, the most recent post we make is we collab with Under Oath and Revolver Magazine. Right. Looks pretty good. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. However... Given that it launched at the exact same time as the Furnace Fest announcement, and we told people in the email we sent out about Furnace Fest that these were exclusive to Furnace Fest releases, everything got really jumbled. The narrative got really yeah. jumbled with like unoriginal vinyls out there trying to do NFTs, essentially. Mm, right, right. None of that is true at all. Yeah. So, what we're doing is, is essentially a very marked difference in yeah. terms of the narrative, in terms of the desire to create community for fans, fans of vinyl and fans of seeing live music. The reality for us was like, you get older, priorities in life take over, like families, your finances, your house payments, anything, a recession might get in the way of you going out and making the decision to go see live music, not Furnace Fest live music, mind you, but any live music and the, and for like our scene for music and musicians and our music that we like together, the three of us,
0: Mm -hmm.
4: if those 200 people stop going to shows because they've got lives and hard decisions to make about what they need to be doing, the bands never play again
0: Mm -hmm. The shows
4: stop happening. And if the shows stop happening, that's a big bummer for an opportunity to meet other people and have a cool cultural moment with people who, share a story or a narrative in their own lives with you that they know who Morellus Forest even is.
2: Right.
4: You know what I mean? Totally. So I I think I made a really gross error in over-explaining that Mm. in the email announcement we sent out. I, I basically said, this is why we're doing it this way. I don't have a choice on how many we can press of how many records we can press. We can press 500 of these copies right now because of licensing issues. And we want to make it exclusive to Furnace Fest because It's important that people get together. It's important that people support live music. If you don't support live music, you don't get to see those bands ever again. And the promoters stop making the festivals even exist for especially nostalgic 90s emo bands. So I tried to essentially put that rationale on paper and it was met with a lot of flack and consternation and a, a jumbled narrative, which made it seem like I was essentially holding something over these people's heads which they felt entitled to. They felt like it's theirs. Yep. I've been supporting these bands forever. They've been the biggest embodiment fan in the entire world forever. And so to them, that thing is something that they've worked for right. their whole life to see exist on vinyl. And now I'm telling them you can't have this thing. It's this is the I'm exact
1: doing. this is the exact same bullshit that happened last year. With any number of releases that people felt entitled. So many of these fans feel entitled to a thing. And it's like, guess what? You're not. Uh, Just because something exists doesn't mean you deserve it. And I would love to be able to get my hands on certain things but i can't make it to furnace fest and that's just the reality and oops i missed out on that moment so some people just need to stop whining i'm not saying
4: furnace fest is the moment that will define all cultures and for all time i'm saying there's a moment happening here there's a moment happening somewhere else go support that thing locally whatever that is if it's five iron frenzy coming to chicago one day go to that thing and see other five iron frenzy fans or whatever you know like i think the problem was I tried to put my own voice into the narrative of why to release this way, which what the public ultimately doesn't know is what makes them the public. You right. know, when everybody's yeah. feels like they have a, a say in the narrative and why business decisions are had to have to be made. Um, it's just, that's not how really business works. And unfortunately, this wasn't a business decision exclusively of my own. This yeah. is something that everybody came together collectively apart from unoriginal vinyl, decided. And I was trying to take the narrative and say, like, hey, this is pro community. This is really for everybody. Didn't get received that way. It got received as how dare you tell me, you know, right. That I should be going someplace that you think I should be going. Right. Right. So the the reality is I should have just left it alone and not tried to put a personal voice behind the decision and rationale. Sure. But that's not me, man. That's yeah. why I'm talking to you right now about it. Yeah, <laughs> It's not how I feel about things. I care about the fan community. And sometimes I'm going to get burned by it. You know what I mean? I'm going to get stung by that decision to try to include people in that whole like collective decision-making process while ultimately having to make the executive call. <laughs> you right. know? And they right. don't like that. Yeah. Well, as we all know,
1: fandoms are never toxic. and <laughs> especially not on social media. Oh my gosh, no. they're
4: wonderful. Yep,
2: always normal there. For folks who may not know uh, all the ins and outs of this, could you share a little bit about what the approach is this year? What releases folks can expect? Uh, what they should be excited about uh, with Unoriginal Vinyl's presence at Furnace Fest? Yeah.
4: Okay, so... We're going to release three records that have never been on vinyl before. I publicize them as less desirable titles. And that's not by the fan communities judging or merits. That's literally statistically true that they sold less copies mm-hmm. by an enormous amount compared to that of the titles we chose last year. He is legend or Norma Jean or the chariot right. sold. I don't know, 25 times the amount of records in total than embodiment. The Narrow Scope of Things, which is like an alternative rock, stavesacre Zaker adjacent record. Mm. And Dead Poetic, uh, Four Wall Blackmail, which is a debut album from a band. The production value on that record is lackluster, but people still love that and are very endeared to that record because it was sort of the earliest incarnation of screamo music that Solid State could find, essentially.
1: Mm-hmm. And
4: then uh, Life in Your Way, which is my decidedly favorite su- Solid State record title of all time. I don't think there's a better hardcore, especially melodic hardcore, spirit-filled hardcore record there is. And uh, nobody listened to it. In 2007, it came out, which was completely out of touch and out of time with what was going on in the hot topic, metalcore slash pop punk world, or My Chemical Romance world of popular music at the time. So this band comes across from Connecticut called Life in Your Way. They make essentially Strong Arms Advent of a Miracle Part 2, and nobody heard it. Nobody liked it. Nobody even resonated with it. It's completely missed. And the band got dropped and broke up or whatever and disappeared. And so they had one record on solid state. I love it. I love it so much. I wrote the essay for it. Nice talking about how it is the best solid state record <laughs> for a lot of reasons. And it's a, it's, you know, it's a persuasive and Chad Johnson, the fest, f- founder of furnace fest says it's in his top five as well of all solid state records. And he signed oh, a lot of solid state bands. Yeah. So, Those are the three records. So by comparison, they're not major marquee names. They will be a little bit more scarce. The the likelihood of them not selling out at Furnace Fest is actually kind of high. But this year, instead of having a transaction with me and you in person on my iPad where I hold a private website, Mm -hmm. we built something that has never been done before. So essentially, a web store where there's three listings each day's release. Day one, dead poetic, day two, life and white, day three, embodiment. Underneath those main listings on the main website are 500 unique websites. Each one of those unique website URLs has one of one item in stock. So you build essentially an Excel spreadsheet with the main URL. You go to a random character generator and you build 500, you just tell the random character generator, I need a 10 character digit letter, alphanumeric thing Okay. times 500. Can you send it to me as an Excel? And there's websites that will do this for you. 500 rows of random character generated. You add that to column number two on your Excel, and then you merge them together, and you create a QR code off of that, essentially. And then you create all these individual sub websites so that each website has its own URL. And then we uh, make QR codes. We printed them as stickers, and we stuck them to back of OB strips that are Furnace Fest exclusive OB strips that wrap around records. If you find us, we hand you the OB strip. We tell you that you have. 72 hours to complete this transaction. This website will self destruct in 72 hours. So, hmm. Monday, 5 p.m. after Furnace Fest, the website's done. If you didn't buy it, any overage left in the entire store goes up for sale to the public.
2: Okay, cool.
4: That's how it's going. And to build something like that was enormous, an enormous challenge. Yeah. I had to get, like, we talked to um, a lot of merchant sites. A lot of major merchant sites and everybody who worked within the merchant site community said, we don't know what you're talking about. You know, <laughs> I found one guy who was a complete genius in Austin, Texas, who was like, I figured out, cracked it. So I think cool. this, the nice thing about it is if I hand you an OB on, on Friday for Dead Poetic and I hand you, and you don't check it out. I hand you a OB on Saturday and Sunday. You can take all three OBs, go to those unique links, add them to your cart. All rolls into the same MasterCard. You only pay shipping one time. Hmm. and There you go. You have all three records that will mail back to your house. So we're not bringing any records with us to Furnace Fest again. Yeah. I don't think that's so smart. One of the best ideas ever. If you can imagine a world in which you don't have to bring physical goods to a a tour, but you have a private VIP exclusive website, shopping experience for bands. Like you showed up to the show. Thank you. Here's your own unique URL where you can shop all the tour exclusive merch. And you don't have to bring it home with you tonight. It gets mailed back to your house. Yeah. A fulfillment center. There's some, I think to me, there's a lot of excitement in that.
2: Yeah. That's rad. I mean, I would be surprised if things don't move more in this direction uh, a lot more. Now, um, why
1: are you a monster, Jason? <laughs> no. Either way. Um,
4: well, the thing about it is, I hate everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and I want them to be sad and lonely and desperate and- for that one thing <laughs> that they can't get that because they're a fan of that thing. Yeah. The more that somebody likes something, the more it makes me want to, I uh, <laughs> guess, I don't know, hurt Ru- them, ruin yeah. it for them.
2: It's just classic Jason. I um, know, classic. I, uh, I will admit, <laughs> I admit it to you over text. Don't really know any of those releases, uh, although you sent me the Life In Your Way record and it rules. So <laughs> right. I was quickly converted on that. And I'm sure yeah, it
4: doesn't take long. It's just like, whoa, what is this? Yeah. How did I miss this? What in the world? It sounds like Advent of a Miracle. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah.
2: I'm guessing a lot of folks out there are more familiar than I am, but if if they're not, I they're not. strongly recommend checking out those records. What I'm excited about is
4: getting on stage to introduce life in your way. Hi, guys. That's awesome. Jason, I'm here to introduce my favorite album of all time. Cool. I have it for sale at the back of the shed but if you want to buy it from me, I'm wearing this shirt and all my crews wearing this shirt at furnace Fest. So we'll hand you the ability to purchase this record There's only 500 available, but if you want it for the next 45 minutes, you're going to have to find me right in the middle of the pit. Let's go.
2: Let's
4: <laughs> go. <laughs> Boom. Cause that's yeah. for real. Like what I'm going to do is stage dive right after that.
2: That rules. So you're obviously most excited for that. Yeah. What are some other acts you're most pumped to see this year?
4: Um, put stuff up on my wall stretch Armstrong is great in that picture yeah.
2: i was
1: out so i was i see some sunny day real estate i see some cursive i see some thrice i was trying to see what what else was in there but okay yeah, the, descending guy, sucks for your strong minutes. lag wagon L. oh yeah surf. stretch Armstrong. oh that newfound glory though
4: yeah newfound glory Darwin is that, fire, is, that
1: which, is that midtown in the top left yep yeah, they're playing
2: uh, yeah man what a wild lineup i mean i know we've talked about this I know. <laughs> this year and last year but just
4: it is wild i don't know this was crazy we did this book too i don't know if you saw any yes get a live book with jared please Scott.
2: tell us more about the
4: book uh jared just wanted to like have an art photography book and i was like you can't sell that really <laughs> he's like couldn't couldn't i and i'm like you can't make it the quality you want it and not have it completely bankrupt you unless you have somebody else pay for it. So let's just get Furnace Fest to pay for it all. And we'll make it awesome. And we'll make it a whole history, including 10,000 words about from the festival's promoters, from all the bands that have played it. Like This is a pretty easy thing to get a community to rally around, in my opinion, with all the great historical photos they have, with all the great Jared Scott photography. I'd say his photography comprises at least 60% of the book. plus all these old historic photos from 2000 to 2004 and i just had this idea in my mind of like the location of furnace fest is this derelict old iron smelting factory from like the late 1800s that has sat unused since the 30s the 1930s
2: is that why it's called furnace fest i never realized
4: this (laughs) called sloss historic national furnaces okay got it and it's a giant like there's silos and there's this giant iron ore shed where they used to just like move like blasting furnaces back and forth to pour liquid hot iron ore into train cars and all this crazy stuff so it's like this totally metal is fun. i was story. just gonna say the exact same <laughs> <sentence>. yeah <laughs> And then you go there, and you're like, this place legitimately looks imposing. It's a fearful looking place. So I got this book called Lost Interiors that I, I got, and I was like, I love this idea of like old mm. derelict architecture of like yeah. stuff that is just rotting. Oh hell yeah, so like
1: cool. yeah, just like old uh, abandoned it's, malls and shit. Yeah,
4: just like what in the world is all this stuff? Yeah. You know. Cool. So, so I basically took this book and I was like, okay, so we'll start it off making it the Furnace Fest, that is, the Furnace Fest book. We'll make it an architecture book where you can look at, essentially actually the same idea, like old yeah. cool. pictures of this dead place, what it looks like when there's no life in it, and then you start to bring it to life with community with energy with bands Mm -hmm. with history of something that's existed technically since 2000 although it went away for about a 20 year gap but Mm -hmm. just bringing it alive through music and energy and people's spirit so i called it dead alive the restorative spirit of furnace fest we did a treatment about eight page treatment with jared and bruno and we pitched it to furnace fest they were into it we pitched it to ryan clark who was responsible for the invisible creature, uh, brand he's in demon hunter and he was in training for mm-hmm. utopia and all that. And, and Ryan's only ask was like, can I design the logo for you? <laughs> like, yes, <yeah>. yes. <laughs> <You can. laughs> and it rules. <laughs> so it was just, I I'd say it was a team effort, but at the same time, I think that would be truly discounting the amount of sleepless nights that Bruno and Jared and I spent working to make this thing a reality, Copy editing 10,000 words from social media, trying to include people in social media who, you know, you read stuff after Furnace Fest that people post about almost losing their life to suicide and that this festival Mm -hmm. environment saved their life. Mm -hmm. I think that that shit shouldn't go away. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that stuff should be lost in the algorithm of social media's news cycle after 48 hours. I think that stuff's important. And those stories might be something those people want to tell their family members later on in life, but I hate to say it. They won't be able to show them that record or archive of saying that and the support they received on social media or on the internet. It will go away. Yeah. It'll disappear. So putting it in the printed word, however, something that physically exists on your coffee table or on your bookshelf for the rest of your life to hand down to your grandkids or your grandkids' grandkids or whatever. Uh, it's pretty powerful and pretty special to be able to do something like that. So doing other things like that, pick it up Scott documentaries or dead alive books or things like that keeps me interested in all of it. It keeps me interested in like telling and retelling the story in smarter, more academic ways. And more importantly, that it felt bigger than a book about furnace fest, that anybody who has no context for this scene of music or these bands or this location, any of those things, if those are working against you and you don't know anything about it, you're still picking up this book and you're flipping through it and you're like, oh, this thing is really interesting. I don't know yeah. this music, I don't know this culture, but I get what this book's about. Yeah. I resonate with all these ideas of seeing all these people and their crazy character exuding from the book pages with the good art and design and layout. So I'm not smart in that area as much as Bruno or Jared are, obviously, but the thing I can do is take an idea like that and say, let's get it across the finish line, whatever. And they're just, we had meetings with, you know, investor teams and things like that. And Jared would, would call me after and be like, I would have gotten, I would have gotten hung up on, trying to pitch a lot of too many ideas and you're right. just like boom 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 this is the idea this is what it's going to cost you this is what's going to profit you this is where we split the difference and this is when it's going to be to you it'll be on the table at Furnace Fest 2022 are there any yeah. questions
2: <laughs> totally yeah i mean three uh good dudes three very talented dudes you're each unique in your skill set but this thing looks incredible if people haven't uh seen spreads online um, from the book. It's, it's such an achievement. And something that we talk a lot about on our show is, you know, the the uniqueness, uh, the idiosyncrasies, uh, the specificness of the community that we're, that we were a part of, that we spend all this time unpacking is very much sort of evident in Furnace Fest and the spirit of that scene lives on there. And this book is very much an exploration of that scene and of the world that we're continually unpacking and talking about stuff that we love from it. And um, so yeah, just congrats on the book. Uh, It it looks so cool. I think it's really uh, a meaningful contribution to those of us who are trying to continue to analyze that scene. Um, Where can folks order it if they haven't done that yet?
4: I think it's an unoriginal vinyl Shopify of some kind. That sounds right. I'm confused because right now I have three consecutive websites running at the same time. There's the Furnace Fest one which I named East high wildcats after high school musical. I don't know why. Just thought that would be funny. Sure. <laughs> there's the unoriginal vinyl dead alive site. And then there's the unoriginal vinyl. Like you can buy t-shirts and paper boys records and other stuff. So it's right. one of those. I don't know.
2: An original dash vinyl. That my Shopify.com. sounds head funny. over there. Um,
4: <laughs> yeah, I truly didn't remember.
2: So. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm the salesman in this uh, conversation. You're doing great. Somehow. Um, yeah, yeah, man. C- congrats on that. I'm excited for people to check it out uh, more if they haven't yet. But yeah, yeah sorry, what else? Uh,
4: sorry that this seems like a big vent session this week, but it was a hard. It was a hard week. I get it.
2: Do you think it'll? Do you think Furnace Fest will stick around for a while?
4: I'm kind of swimming in that right yeah. now. Talking to Chad every single morning. At, yeah. he calls me at 6:45 every single morning. With another <laughs> question or another thing or another. And my, my background being so business heavy. And their background being so music and emotion heavy. Right. Like a good compliment for each other. Yeah. I have no skin in the game. I have no vested interest or stake in whether or not they succeed or fail. And then it's a cool place to go. And I think it's a neat festival, but. Yeah. Uh, it's their choice. It's their baby. It's up yeah. to them to manage it the right way. You know what I mean?
2: I hope, I hope we can get to one. If they <laughs> continue.
4: Saying, i really, saying, man. Weird. We to make this happen. I don't know, man. I don't know what, that's kind of the whole point I'm making about this release it's like I right don't know right really this stuff is mm. i don't know if there's an audience for when we become 45 year olds or 50 <laughs> year olds or whatever right, right is there an environment in which everybody wants to come together and mosh still
2: does right. that make sense we just read a dm from somebody who talked they were reviewing the five iron show and they said they rolled their ankle right away skanking which is like our core demographic right now
4: yeah <laughs> i mean that kind of makes sense i was there in the front row like yeah was how was it man Word. It was amazing. Good, it was perfect. Good. Yeah, and they were they were a band that had not clearly played in three years together. So that was interesting. We <laughs> yeah, yeah. worked out most of their kinks, but um, what I loved seeing was a lot's happened for all those those people as yeah. individuals. To see them joyful again,
2: yeah, yeah, and
4: um, exuberant, simply because they were feeding off of each other's like musical chemistry to see that happening like a chemical reaction on stage was the most beautiful part for me. It's just yeah. like, Oh, these guys really need each other. They're a family together mm-hmm. and they've been through a lot of individual turmoil and hell. But when you see them together, they're like, they're in the right element. Finally. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We, we need to see them. I hope it happens sooner rather than later. Yeah. We got to get you back on talk some Joe Christmas uh, post furnace <laughs> fest. We're doing another uh, MagnaFright pod. If you want to come talk any spooky stuff at any point, well, you're the best, buddy. We love you, love you, man. Yeah, Eventually. dude.
4: Thanks so much. I appreciate you guys. Have a good night, everybody.
2: You too, buddy. All right, let's talk soon. All right. right. So, Later, thank you as always shadow producer jason check out all that good stuff i'm surely here from jason again in the coming weeks and months but in the meantime andrew we got some some indie rock business to get back to yeah we, we're gonna we are
1: taking a little break from from the fuzz mm. we got to get back into that fuzz
2: gotta get in that fuzz we'll take a little break We'll get back. It's gonna get fuzzy as hell. Love to get in the fuzz <laughs> when we talk ultra ultraphonic kiss.
4: My name is Matt Langston. I am a music producer, a mix engineer, and an avid unicorn enthusiast. And I would like to invite you over to my podcast, D Life. On D Life, we get to talk to your favorite artists, producers, and creators about what makes them tick. We take deep dives into where they get their juiciest inspirations from and how they keep from being cynical about all of it. We even get to pull back the curtain on my band, D Seven, and share some fun insider tips and tricks for our fellow band and creators out there. So be sure to check out Eleventy Life right here on the Rock Candy Podcast Network and wherever you get your favorite shows.
1: Hey, John. Hey, have you heard of Small
2: Step Records? You know, the name is familiar, but, but tell me more.
1: Well, Small Step Records is a faith based DIY record label with bands that are Melodic Punk, Pop Punk, Easy Core, Emo, and Ska. And they have some new albums and new bands releasing records right now on all streaming
2: services. You should check them out. Andrew, not only that, they are Magpod's first official sponsor. Oh, really? Starburst got nothing on these guys, all Mm. right? These guys are the real deal. (laughs) Uh, The tagline is love God, love others, listen to pop punk. You can go to smallsteprecords.com, check out the cool records and merch and bands they have, and we will be, through their generosity, offering some giveaways in the coming uh, weeks and months uh, on our socials of some of these Small Step bands' records, so keep your eyes peeled for that.
1: Also, John, unlike some record labels, which may have come up over the course of the podcast, the artists on Small Step always keep 100% of the rights and ownership of their music. Yes. So, any money that goes to Small Step goes directly back into supporting the bands. This is
2: a label with integrity. So, you yeah. love to see it. Love to see it. Small Step, check them out. SmallStepRecords.com.
1: ding 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 and we're back and talking Rose Forest talking that ultraphonic hiss this has been it's been we've been trying to talk about this album for
2: yeah I feel like we've been listening to this for like a month
1: I know so it's finally happening
2: yes um the hissing. The hissing. The hissing. <laughs> it's happening. <is Japanese>. <laughs> um, yes, it's finally here. Uh and my hot take is not as good as the first record. Which my hot take is disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: not not a nightmare to be found on this record.
2: <laughs> uh our previous guest, Joel Hanghartsey, so would agree with you. Um <laughs> no, I I I like this record quite a bit um but overall a little too polished and clean for me Uh, you know that i i prefer a shittier sound you do (laughs) (laughs) this has been made clear over the years uh so i like i like that the first record's a little shittier um i just i found myself wanting more extended psychedelic fuzz rock outs uh not not as interesting songwriting overall not as interesting in execution but having said all that i still think it sounds really good i still really enjoy it overall um the things about them that I liked and the first record are still here, great bass lines throughout as we were just displaying with our dope uh, mouth sounds um, which I think is true on the first record, but even more on display here the, that bass is a lot more front and center. I know often with the first record you were kind of saying like the bass is what saves a lot of those songs. Yes. <laughs> um, I think here that it's much more prominent um, and I think it sounds great.. Um, vocals are much cleaner here much more mm-hmm. forward in the mix which i'm sure you appreciate absolutely <laughs> for me it's i a love
1: like, i love a record where i can <laughs> hear things on it know.
2: it's not very challenging <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> go right go right for pitchfork oh man um oh, if they'll hire me i'll, I'll do it um <laughs> but uh yeah i you betray you would betray our boy dave Bazan like that well, they're now they like him, so everything's fine. I don't know. Um, nobody's paying people to write full time anyway these days. So, I give I give um, the writing industry a one point zero. How about that? <laughs> is that funny? That that yeah. that's, that is a it's a good joke. It's pretty good. Um, anyway, uh, this album was released on October seventh, nineteen ninety six, on Tooth and Nail. Produced, engineered, and mixed by Keith Cleversley, uh, which Joel mentioned in our interview with him, who had produced uh, Flaming Lips and Mercury Rev and Spiritualized and a lot of impressive bands, not really anything else from the Christian world, which is interesting. Um, Co-produced by the band as well. And like Joel said, that doesn't necessarily mean that this record sounds like any of those bands. I feel like that gives the impression he's used to a little more kind of like spacey sound. Um, And that isn't really the case here, but I do think... It sounds great. It was recorded at the Playground in Chicago, which was um, a fairly well-known uh, studio for a while. The nineties now defunct. Um, most songs have a candy or food theme here, <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah, um, candy
1: or you know some sort of color or something. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's a little wonkish, I guess. I don't know. Um, all lyrics by Sydney. Um, most songs are quite short this time around um we had some you know fuzzy epics on the last one that rocked out for a while not so much the case here um
1: and the only reason this album is uh has a 38 minute track time right. is the inexplicably long <laughs> right. 11th track where i was like oh shit are we finally yeah. gonna have like a secret track yeah to, nope. To, nope 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 <laughs>
2: yeah i don't know what that's about if that's i don't the spotify thing or if that's how the track was but seems like there should be something fun that comes in at the end and never does never does um but yeah pretty pretty short record you know we talked a lot about how the first record um you could maybe track as a sort of concept album about uh, a relationship certainly mostly love songs at least on that record this one these feel like relationship songs but maybe not romantic ones they're not love songs for the most part, um, lyrically, they feel a little more complicated and interesting than that. Like maybe about family, there are some references that maybe think maybe somebody is dying, um, Mm -hmm. in them. Not totally sure, but, uh, certainly an interesting collection also worth pointing out that Sean thanks his Japuza friends in the liner notes, Mm -hmm. um, which I think somebody mentioned at one point, their possible connection to Japuza, but yeah, for people who don't know, uh, you know, well, most people who know Cornerstone probably know Jabuza, but for right. Chicago folks, certainly a community that people connected to the sort of Christian alternative scene uh, knew pretty well in that era. Um, Jesus and, people USA. For those. yes, sorry, sorry in for not explaining that. Um, but yeah, interesting to hear about his connections there. And I don't know. It's I'm eager to get in to this record. I'm eager to hear your thoughts on it. I don't love it as much as the first one, but I do. I do really like it. So.
1: Well, then if you don't have anything else to add, I don't think so. Why don't we then throw on something that you would probably wear to a rave in high school? Candy necklace kind of love. the song yeah uh this is my number three okay
2: yeah i like it a lot it's not this, my sh- top three
1: yeah this was sort of a last minute edition um okay. i wasn't i was like i was sort of on the fence about whether this was in my top three but sure a soft um, three it's soft it's a i mean yeah i mean it definitely what is was gonna be in my top five but i was okay. like i think ultimately it bumped a song that I was like, was, I just think that there's more, some more interesting stuff going on in this song. Yeah. Um, and I like the sort of the nudely high guitar and mm-hmm. the little, the bass. The yes. Do, do, do love that. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I can actually hear a mix for the guitars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything is mixed. It sounds good the panning really helps with the guitars and how it's not all lost and jumbled together. There's texture, even, even though the the guitars are distorted and fuzzy, you can still hear the chords that they're playing and how, and it's not just a overrated. (laughs)
2: I'm just kidding. I hate to hear chords.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I want it to just, just be one, just.
2: (laughs) Yeah sounds good. Um, an ultraphonic hiss, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. Ding, 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 ding. Cool baseline opening, cool, fuzzy guitar from the beginning. Um, the verses don't do quite as much for me. Um, I like the chorus a lot though. Again, we're, we're stomping on those distortion pedals. Um, yeah, but there's a really cool guitar sound in the background throughout, uh, which you mentioned. I agree. Um, I don't know. i the first few songs on this record don't really do as much for me as a lot of the later ones, which is somewhat unusual. Right. Um, so yeah. I don't know. i I certainly my, like it, my, but they're my are number a lot more one that,
1: and two I feel significantly more strongly about.
2: Yeah. I, I feel pretty firm in my top three here. Um but I do like it. Uh this one is, you know, maybe sort of an end of a relationship song. Um you know she says yesterday was the beginning of a try to find something new um i don't know if that's you know what the metaphor is with it being a candy necklace kind of love uh
1: i don't think the titles mean anything no i
2: don't think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got butterscotch boy we got uh tangerine drops, tangerine drops and bubbles hula. and hula, hula hoops hoop. <laughs> and straws and all kinds of food things coming up so yeah probably not super meaningful but you know if it's if it is an end of a relationship song and it is a candy necklace you know maybe all the candy's been been eaten off or something i don't know <laughs> maybe it's like young love and you're swapping candy necklaces on your way to the mm. rave to cpfr um, <laughs> that kind of deal
1: brand new sentence
2: <laughs> yes um but i like it uh, better than the next song <laughs> glitter don't uh, you like about this song i mean i don't dislike it i think it's fine um it just doesn't do a tone for me i don't know it feels like it doesn't doesn't really go anywhere that like super works for me but i do like it i don't know maybe i'm just being a crank uh <laughs> the guitar sounds cool the transitions here are less like quiet to loud and more just like a clean guitar sound so when it goes from a sort of like bouncy melody to a distorted sound that transition just feels like a little more jarring to me than the like formula i'm sort of used to for them where it's like the quiet verse and then the big explosion so i don't know that the moving in between the verse and the chorus just doesn't i usually feel like a big release when it transitions in here it just doesn't really come together for me i don't know what do you think
1: i love when you have a big release um, <laughs> i can understand what what you're looking for i understand the yeah. The desire to have that like explosion of like a big mm-hmm. um but i don't know i feel like if you have that all the time
2: sure
0: it
1: just it gets a little like okay we get it we get the formula yeah and i don't know i i still think it's really catchy i like the the high um falsetto-y singing that she has in the background going on Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one lyrically. Uh, I feel like this could be like a a guy or God song almost. Um, I mean, if it's a relationship song, it kind of bums me out. Uh, If it's a God song, it makes sense to me. But I mean, the chorus is, now I know how I feel, what is false and what is real. There's a list of all the times it turns out I was wrong. second verse, she says, I thought I knew before, but you're in the picture now that changes everything. I see the differences. There's no comparison. I'm glad things work this way. I couldn't tell before how I used to think. So it's like, I don't know, maybe again, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but if it's like about a person and it's like, uh, you, you changed everything. Like I couldn't tell what I thought before. It's like, Oh, uh, I don't know. That feels like, I don't know. It, it makes more sense. If you're thinking about it, it's sort of like, uh, a god or a spiritual presence being in your life i don't know what what do you think
1: yeah none of those none of those sound great um (laughs) i i think if if you're looking for understanding or meaning or purpose in other people it doesn't matter if it's a person or if it's god i i don't know still is like i don't know why don't you find the value in yourself and then get back to me
2: sure Cause you, I'm not saying I'm not Andrew sitting.
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm just, I dude, I, I hate I myself. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I'm one to, I'm one to talk. I'm just, I, this is <laughs> I'm like, I'm saying the stuff that I need to hear myself. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. Yeah. hear myself believe.
2: No, I, yeah, I do. I do wonder though. And, and she's pretty mm, nuanced about relationship songs. And so maybe if it even is a relationship song, there's a sort of, commentary to it or something um and maybe not quite as straightforward but if it is more sort of about god which wasn't really their deal so much on the last record i understand i understand a little more but as usual for them it's kind of vague and you don't totally know what's going on anyway so it's one of the weaker ones for me but i again there's there's nothing here that i dislike so
1: and now for the song which uh, john gets his nickname from (laughs) butterscotch boy
2: Big BSP. Yeah. like that opening that distorted feedback you yeah. like i really this like this is that. probably in my top five okay
1: yeah um, i really i really like it um i think this is a song that feels a little bit closer to a yeah. song that maybe would have been on their first record yeah i little a mm. dr- little dreamier little, yes definitely
2: like the dreamy aspect a little fuzzier of it. overall it doesn't really do a ton for me either although i do like that opening section that's returned to um before the verses too i mean that that's that central squealy guitar hook Mm -hmm. and other guitar sounds is really what makes this one interesting to me um and that squealy guitar hook juxtaposed with the drum beat um well it's like that's really cool um beyond that i don't know that i'm really like loving Where they go here. Um, But they do add, you know, other squealy guitar parts back for the second verse. And I like that. Um, There's like a a tremolo guitar that comes uh, in on the second chorus when the other elements pull back. And that's cool. Um, So, yeah, as usual. Yeah, there we go. That's cool. Yeah. I dig that yeah it's really cool i don't I know i just think I,
1: that this is there you know i think a lot was said about super deluxe and how they just like slammed on every pedal <laughs> mm-hmm. but i think that there's a little bit more intention and thoughtfulness to what's going on here sure and i i can understand the the Desire for everything to just be like noisy and loud, but I don't know. I I like the being a little bit more restrained. Let have less going on, but like textured things. You know, we're we're a couple BTBs. We like the texture.
2: I'm a I'm a BSB. I'm a BSB. (laughs) I'm also a BTB. A big texture boy.
1: Yeah, Um, and I, I like being able to differentiate. Sure what is happening and how it's not just like all muddled together
2: and i like fuzzy mush um <laughs> i mean one person for john and my band fuzzy mush <laughs> coming
1: to a city near you
2: yeah fuzzy mush i don't know if you'd want to play in that band though no um, it's it's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> um yeah i i suppose one person's hey they sort of like grew up and made their sound more uh accomplished or whatever is another person's like uh they kind of sold out and went like a popier route um i don't know i i don't think they sold out but i do miss i feel like with each record and to be clear i like all the records some of that weirdness gets sort of um you know what's the expression <laughs> like sanded off a bit sure. um So I miss when they were just fully freaking out and all the psychedelic guitars, even if I can appreciate what they're doing here, I guess I'm just like more in the mode of what they were doing before and missing that a little, maybe that's tainting my takes on some of these. Um, But lyrically, I think maybe it's like a guy maybe comes back into her life uh, and he's different than he was before. Um, That's about all I got. He's a he's
1: an elderly man now because he likes butterscotch.
2: (laughs) Yeah, could be. Could be.
1: He comes back. He's got pockets full of Worthers original.
2: (laughs) He's like a cool dude. Would you like a butterscotch? (laughs) We all need a butterscotch boy in our life to (laughs) provide some Worthers when needed. Just Um,
1: open opening the crinkly wrappers in the middle (laughs) of a movie.
2: That's right. Got to do it. Um, I don't know. I I like some butterscotch, but you know what? I really like Andrew. Is some tangerine drops. Ooh. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Since you've been gone. (laughs) This was before that, so it's okay. I know. (laughs) I I can't not hear it now. (laughs) I know. strings in there coming mm. in how great is that uh this is my number one. Oh, <laughs> that is very surprising to me i thought maybe we'd have a shared shared experience here but no
1: no i have uh another very to me like a very clear mm. okay one a, well, very I love hard, this. a very hard one
2: okay i yeah that made me make my list as well um i love this i love that baseline that open it's uh, that opens it i love the crunchy guitar that comes in um you know then like as i was saying the second half of the verse some nice palm muted riffs coming in good energy there i don't know vocals are a little more dreamy here the song feels more like super deluxe to me um complete with a stomp on the pedal for the big fuzzy chorus which you know i love um i don't know it has a great energy and a great sound it's the most streamed song so I didn't see anything about like if there were singles, but if I had to guess, I was guessing that this one is the single, but maybe you're thinking differently than me and my like clarity about this being so great is uh, not as clear, but what we have to hear and what really takes it over the edge for me is there's this cool kind of break in the middle of the song where it's just guitar for a while and then it builds back up with drums and then just explodes for the ending uh, at about 240, which absolutely rules. Here we go. building building here we go so
1: good was that the
2: aforementioned uh,
1: drum part that Joel Hang Hartsey was talking about? <laughs> I think maybe it was. I
2: think there's a couple of those. It's just like ting, 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 <laughs> ding, 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 <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Kick-ass solo. Um, I think it absolutely rules. I love the release of that. I love it. And so crunchy and fuzzy. I don't know. This really works for me. It's very much in the sort of, you know, 90s, crunchy guitar, ethereal female vocals drums slapping uh mode that i love um not totally sure what it's about but this is one of those ones where I'm like maybe someone is in the hospital um you know it opens with numbers dropping too fast is there a way to slow the time down break the clock or turn it back guess it doesn't help i don't know if it's exactly like the numbers dropping or about like you know numbers you'd see if somebody was um in the hospital or something and it's not looking good i don't know but clearly about sort of wanting to stop time and, and taking stock of things. So I don't know. An interesting one.
1: So moving on from uh, sucking down those tangerine drops, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess we're sucking them through some pastel straws. My number two okay cool this is not this is not <laughs> not in my top three oh man this this you may so have co- no overlap with it's them, so. so cool i love the panned instruments i love how upfront her vocals are <laughs> uh-huh. how it's that's so different and it, it just sounds she's right in your ear yeah she's right there and then they, you know, they double up and then they come back to being really clean and, and up front and and then like that, yeah, that squealy rolls. guitar. And but like the starting off too with this like reverby guitar that just like goes on for a really long time. Uh Just like, just listen to that, that reverby guitar line at the very beginning and, and try and listen for when it fades out. (laughs) Just goes on. And I'm just like, it's, I'm just like, I'm so into that. I don't know why that, that little bit of, extra reverb long you're it just gives you this sense of of space and Hmm. then all at like while you're like oh there's this like panning effect going on and this reverb but then like the song starts and she's right there she's right in your face so you're just like there it's just like i find this song to be so uh, i find it so charming and it's the shortest song short and sweet it's short and sweet i'm super into
2: it um i think it's fine <laughs> sorry <laughs> i i like it and you're making me appreciate it more um i think it's just another case of like i kind of wanted it to explode or move into another gear at a certain point they and all it just kinda, can't explode <laughs> i want them to um okay track number six
1: this one just explodes number seven also exploding <laughs> Guess what? Number eight (laughs) explosion.
2: Well, there's a nice little this whole album
1: explodes.
2: (laughs) That's what Super Deluxe is like. (laughs) Um, Nice little guitar solo in there, and every time, anytime there's like that or like the like, I'm like, oh, it's gonna go into like, and just it doesn't happen. And I think we 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 covered this ground a little bit on the last record too. I think when it like stays in this terrain, I think you find that like satisfying um yeah and i am a little like well but what what else is happening um i do like that central riff really reminds me of like the like dun, 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 dun. i was in the and then he asked me to dance and then he kissed me <laughs> <Isn't that> like, <laughs> i kept thinking the whole thing was kind of like girl groupy. Um, I don't know what the lyrics are can but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I do. Anyway, I couldn't get that out of my head. Um I do I think it's a You cool... were thinking
1: that. I was thinking Kelly Clarkson.
2: <laughs> yes. Good uh pillars of uh women-led rock music.
1: I feel like what this what this shows us is that Kate Clark was a huge Morellos forest head. So <laughs> I think so. really kind of defined her career.
2: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I do like the vibe though. it's a this is another one that's like feels like a relationship song, but maybe not a romantic relationship. Um, she's like, I hope you're not too mad at me. I try to talk you out of things. She repeats that a lot. and then the course of, of I'll always be there for you if you want me to. It sort of feels like maybe it's a family member or friend or something. Um, but it's an interesting it's an interesting vibe and you are making me appreciate it in new ways. That's all I'm trying to do. So my job is done here. (laughs) Let's
1: all get our hula hoops and, uh, twirl them around twice and then they'll fall to our ankles. (laughs) Yep. I can't do it.
2: fuzzy bass right there rules so hard
1: i bet you loved how when the song started it sounded <laughs> shitty
2: <laughs> this is like just outside my top three so yeah
1: um <laughs> the favorite part of the song is how it sounds bad
2: <laughs> that's cool it has that like weird drum machine sound and it moves into like i like I, and...
1: li- I like the drum machine sound it's, it, cool. it, it's like oh, yeah we're gonna is this is gonna be a little bleepy ble- oh nope nope definitely not
2: <laughs> nope but this this is one that has a not a full explosion, but it definitely gets moves into fuzzier, um, sort of grungy chords for the chorus, which I just like a lot. Her vocals are back to being kind of reverby here, which I like, and you don't. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a really fun one. I like the the sort of sing songy vocal performance she's doing here. You know, we mentioned um, on Super Deluxe, she does sort of a. I equate it to the wet leg thing of the, like, dun 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 dun, dun, yeah. dun. yeah, 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 <laughs> She's yeah. She's got yeah. some of that going on here, for sure. Um, second verse, like, when most things drop out and it's just that fuzzy bass, uh, and then the guitar comes in, that builds really nice. I just think that's great. And the chorus is just, it's great and fuzzy and driving, and the vocals are fun, and there's some nice big riffs on the bridge. And I don't know, I think I like when they're in this sort of, like, crunchy... <laughs> Hooky mode, um, so I'm having fun in this one.
1: I like, I like the crunch if it's balanced out, and I can like. Sure. I I really the candy necklace kind of love. It. it definitely had some fuzz yeah. and some crunch, but there's some differentiation there.
2: Ding, 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 ding. So cool. This might be the, (laughs) this is the drum solo Joel was talking about. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Just a monster drum solo. This
1: monster sticks on the side of the kit.
2: (laughs) I think it's very fun. This is one of a couple on this record that remind me particularly of Breeders and Kim Deal sound, which is very much like a part, a lot of their sound. Um, but it kind of reminds me particularly of it here. Um, uh, lyrically she appears to be uh driving a fairly long distance to go to her favorite ice cream shop um she wants the sizzle cone andrew uh <laughs> they don't have the mix for the shakes but she doesn't mind waiting and the chorus is just i want a sizzle cone <laughs> which i don't know what a sizzle cone is but sounds great i'll take one
1: uh i don't know what one is uh, either but uh we'll try and get you one
2: yeah, please. It's funny that it's called hula hoop and not sizzle cone, but you know. Both um, fun. Um,
1: I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like trying to evoke sort of like a 50s diner. Sure. We get your yeah. sizzle cone at the 50s diner. I don't
2: know. I like it.
1: Yep. Uh big orange bubble, which we have referred to ourselves as <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> numerous That's where <laughs> Yeah. <days. laughs> Only thing in the song that does anything for me is the bass
2: oh see the bass line is very cool but i'm 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 into this one uh i really like the sound they move into on the verse and you're right the <laughs> ding, ding, doo, doo, ding, 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 is a big part of that yeah um but the way that distorted guitar from the intro kind of pulls back into this nice sort of jangly like ding ding ding, 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 ding guitar part almost feels like REM or like very sort of jangly college rock vibe. I just like that sound. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. The, the guitar itself is giving me, giving me some like um, murmur vibes or something. Yeah. Life it's search giving murmur, Life, it's Life search. giving REM. <laughs> Life search pageant.
2: Yeah. Very much that era. Yeah. Um, just sound I like. And then there's a fun chorus where, you know, there's that great, guitar pedal sound where it's like rrr, 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 sort of doing a tremoloy extreme thing um yeah i don't know i like the vibe i think it's fun um this is just uh just a hangout song friends get together but they can't decide on what they want to do Got you know, to some, eat, yeah i just like it it's like oh some friends are sticking around uh the rad goes somewhere else uh, just good times just hanging <laughs> out uh i miss it <laughs> yeah you know,
1: John. Speaking of friends hanging out, mm. uh, I don't know if you if you saw this, but Goldeneye is being re released.
2: Yes, <laughs>
1: and it's going to come to the Switch eventually. Mm-hmm. And talking to my brother and some other folks, uh, some other bros, and we're trying to get together a a weekend next year. get together get some pizza get some pizzas stay up all night play some play some golden eye get some two liters and some pizza yes stay up watch some movies talk about girls oh
2: man play some mash maybe
1: do play some mash (laughs)
2: um call a principal and hang up yeah yeah, Um, that sounds glorious yeah i feel like we've been chasing the the dream of of recreating that high for a while Uh, i know well we'll get there
1: I know, but I was like, when we were talking about this, I'm like, oh, we can't, you know, just John just uh, missed the state fair. We can't <laughs> yeah. like, we can't make plans about like getting together and playing video games and like, <laughs> rub it in. Just like,
2: I mean, if you want to have a, a this year gathering of that, uh, that's fine. But
1: no, we're we're looking another at another one later. We're looking at maybe February or March, so don't okay. worry.
2: All right. All right. Sounds good. By then, you know, uh, Shredder's Revenge, hopefully more widely available. Uh, Really looking to play that. uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. We we definitely were talking specifically about playing Ninja Turtles. Hell yeah. (laughs) Dream night. Dream night oh man. um that's a little I... that's a little inside baseball for go, <laughs> for what men in their late 30s <laughs>
2: we're just trying to get back we're all trying to get back to when we were 12
1: oh my god i just uh, john i can't even <laughs> you know so i i've been re-watching boy meets world yes. um because i've been re i've been re-watching because i've been listening to the boy meets world podcast god. yeah and uh there was You know, this episode uh, from season three that I was watching today where Corey was talking about, you know, he's like, well, you know, me and Topanga, uh, you know, we've been known to cuddle up on the couch and have many a blockbuster night. And I was just like, oh, just like hits me right, right Uh in the nostalgia. (laughs) It's
2: The original Netflix and chill. I know, right? Um, Although, uh, I don't know, Fred Savage, apparently an asshole. Ben yeah. Savage maybe running as a Republican right now. I don't know what's going on with those savages. Um, he's
1: a he's running as a Republican.
2: Well, he's he's running for like Hollywood City Council, and his he hasn't really revealed his politics, but he seems to be leaning conservative in most of his uh, political outlook so far. So I don't know. I know he's not on the pod, um, but uh, yeah, these savages who grew up meaning a lot to us, uh, maybe maybe not so great in real life
1: well i don't know i'm reserving I'm reserving judgment for for ben i right. don't know uh fair i don't Give know him the pod
2: we'll sort this out when did ben first hear of marilla's forest <laughs> <laughs> anyway
1: lime velvet love seat
2: yeah Long intro.
1: Huh? not in my top three.
2: <laughs> oh, i thought this is the one that you're saying <laughs> went hard and was your number one nope um okay well you're wrong the song is my number two <laughs> song rules we um, have we have no crossover no crossover i mean i haven't gotten my number three yet so we'll see oh really um,
1: wait so so we have my two and three and we have your one and two
2: correct okay. so you know there's still time um this is this rules <laughs> it's very college rock in its opening in terms of weirdness just long drum part with nothing else when the guitars do come in they're pretty jangly and weird kind of dipping in out of distortion there's an unusual syncopation to the rhythm yes but that chorus absolutely rules just heavy deep sounding fuzzy guitar it's very, I'm getting very, it's giving uh, cannonball vibes by the Breeders very heavily here with the sort of slidey, catchy riffs, the like, and like the stacked female vocal harmonies uh, remind me of the Breeders. It's a really catchy riff. The it's so cool. Um, and then the bridge sort of stays in that mode. And then a shreddy guitar solo comes in. I don't know. I think this song, yeah. so good man you love it uh
1: it's 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 i mean i don't dislike it there's not sure there's not really a song on this record that i'm like yeah, that yeah. i dislike right as right. opposed to super deluxe sure uh, like i think i think this album is far more cohesive and listenable and enjoyable <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, there's not Nightmares surrounding course. No, there's there's
1: nightmares. Uh um I think the fuzz is used strategically. Sure,
2: strategic fuzz. Um, (laughs) so good. Um this song uh called Lime Velvet Love Seat. Uh doesn't uh, i don't know there doesn't appear to be any love in song um but it's sort of using capture the flag as a metaphor maybe there's lots of talk about finding yellow flags and bringing them back and understanding boundaries i don't know but it rules uh i think it's i think yeah perhaps capture the flag is a is a simile for relationships uh, anyway
1: ooh, john when we have our our dude
2: weekend Let some capture the flag play some capture the flag Hell yeah or g-
1: ghost in the graveyard
2: See this? Remember, I said I didn't know what that if, was. Yes,
1: which is like the, <laughs> like the like the thing that I feel like would be would <laughs> uh, encapsulate your entire childhood. Yeah.
2: Well, once he talked about it, I was like, let's play. I got <laughs> now I want to play. Yeah. So we'll yeah, that. it's like
1: it's like it hide and seek, but at night, and yeah. somebody is is trying to find everybody, and that everybody needs to like get back to home base uh, without great. getting tagged.
2: We'll go to the park. We'll do that between. Switch games, and pizza runs,
1: <laughs> and many, many beers. Yes. Oh, I just never want that. I just want that, that the high of that, like idea of that. Just, I, I I posted this on Twitter a while ago that I'm like, I feel like my life peaked already. <laughs> and oh, I, didn't even, I didn't even know it.
2: No. Think of all the, think of all the fun we've had on the pod. I know. Uh, it was a bit of a, gleam in your eye as a 12 year old couldn't imagine such such heights couldn't um, imagine
1: still talking about
2: the same music yeah i <laughs> guess that's a fair point maybe we did be <laughs> um <laughs> shit well we're absolutely gonna make it a blockbuster night soon so yeah and we'll throw back some silver syrup hell yeah
1: Oof.
0: Seven
1: seas. <laughs> is for something this is my number and, one.
2: Okay, it's my number three. <laughs> the song is fucking incredible. Rules. Rules. It's
1: so cool.
2: Yeah, I guess I should have thought of this when you said, like, you know, the one that's like heavy this one is so weird that oh I that's why it's so cool <laughs> i love it um it so
1: this is like the this is the btb song this is oh yeah it's got textures and weird shit everywhere the drums sound so cool
2: drums are awesome yeah The like yeah there's just when i write my notes says ooh i love the sound of everything <laughs> at the beginning of the song there's like Cool psychedelic guitars, nice bass line, huge drum sound, like you said. And the vocals are so cool and dreamy. It's like,
3: they're like coming in and out.
2: Like phasing um, in or something. Phasing in and out. It's reverby. Her delivery is great and weird. It's yeah. sort of like a, a style she hasn't done. Happened. Yeah. And they're like, mind, <laughs> it's mind Like a little spooky. and It is spooky. I love yeah. how she delivers the like, but that's how it started. Yeah. It just sort of started. You're like, ooh, something is like. Yeah, yeah it's super cool. And then just explodes for the chorus. So and satisfying. Then, and then
1: into the arrhythmics.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they should do mashups of all these songs. <laughs> we're suggesting. It sounds great. Um, but yeah, there's sort of a like creepiness to something here. It's sort of yeah. mysterious. Um I mean, obviously it just, it's vague, but she's keeps talking about there's something happened that she can't explain and it's cool and spooky. Um, you know, the, when it happened to me, it happened to you. We both crossed the rocks at a hundred degrees. I opened my eyes when I fell off the cliff. It sort of reminds me of, there's this book and movie adaptation called picnic at hanging rock, which is about like these Australian, uh, school girls who visit this rock, um, in Australia that are, that's sort of like was a significant formation to the Aboriginal people and like supposedly mm. mysterious things happen there. And some of the girls just disappear. Um, so I mm. almost wonder if it's like an allusion to that. Cause it feels very similar they can't explain what happens They're talking about rocks at weird angles. These girls fall off the cliff and then sort of disappear in midair. Like, I wonder if it's inspired by that, but whatever it is, it's giving a cool spooky scene here. Um, but yeah, I love everything about this. Uh, I don't know. I, I I feel good about my top three, but I feel like they could sort of move around. Um, and you being so into it is making me feel like, yeah, maybe it's <laughs> even higher up. Um, it's so cool. It's really cool. There's just a really unique vibe here. Um, and yeah. again, that, that explosion in the chorus just feels so satisfying, that big tunk, 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 drum sound that comes in. And it's a great one. Great one. Uh and then we got shifting gears. <laughs> shifting gears to so to speak.
1: So to speak to a 30-second wheelie. a jaunty arm swinging song I literally wrote a jaunty little number <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw me doing my jaunty arm oh, you swings. Were just, sorry I missed the swings <laughs> yeah
2: I was thinking in my mind this is right on the border of a of an arm swinging one uh, it's certainly jaunty uh I don't know it's I, fine. I like I
1: like it I like it especially because towards the end of the song we get some bopppa baz.
2: we do get some bop of um I don't know I I I really like da. that. It's, I mean, I feel like, it, you know, speaking of sounding shitty, uh the guitar part feels like maybe you needed one more pass. <laughs> like, it just, he <laughs> misses some chords there a couple times and uh just sounds, I don't know, <laughs> purposefully, I suppose, like not very weighty. It just kind of like, blamp, 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 Just kind of like, I don't know. Um, yeah, blamp,
1: blamp, blamp. I, yeah, if we were to, if we were to like, take the automanapia of that guitar chord b l a m p blamp 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 blamp's going
2: to blamps blamp, blamp. um, blamp, blamp. um, blamp, blamp,
1: blamp,
0: blamp. um
2: so the transition from the sort of jaunty verse into the dreamy chorus where it slows down and suddenly she's like, nah, nah, nah. I don't know, it just like, it feels a little jarring to me. It's one where the like, bam, 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 into that just feels like a little, <laughs> I don't know. It's not the gear that I was expecting it to move into. Um, it also completely <laughs> drops out for a while in the middle of the song, which we talked about with Joel, where it just starts exactly the same way as the beginning, which is kind of confusing. <laughs> So you're like oh it's over that's a short one okay song and then <laughs> you're just like oh my little I, little did I buddy is did back
1: to I, I accidentally put the song on repeat
2: <laughs> right you're like wait a second i've heard this weird i've heard those, I've heard those blamps before <laughs> yeah so an odd, an odd choice i suppose um but you know i i don't know it, it's fun whatever i i um, enjoy it it's fun you can't miss this one. It's a memorable one. Um, the lyrics are a little inscrutable for me. Lots to talk about colors and shapes. Uh, he sealed his future plans, concentrating now on what lies more ahead. So at some sort of crossroads, maybe. I don't know. I just love that the song's called 32nd Wheelie. <laughs> um, and just immediately like, and just picturing this wheelie going on for a long time. I don't know. That's a funny one.
1: Yeah, I imagine a music video of uh, just a bunch of 90s dudes on like, like wearing like Hurley gear Uh on their like some tiny BMX bikes, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to to pop wheelies and eating shit.
2: Sounds pretty fun. Do that after Ghost in the Graveyard, too.
1: (laughs) Blamp, blamp. All right. Closing song Gate Called Beautiful. The. Almost 11 minute epic.
2: This is a nice closing track. Yeah. It's kind Even of a... though they
1: they were biting a little bit from Creep by Radiohead there.
2: Oh yeah, that's true. That is very Yeah. Uh um, Nice kind of slow closing tune though. Um some more uh Mazzy Star like vocals here for yeah. sure. Um But yeah, I like that sort of like big distorted chorus, but stays pretty slow and, and mostly chill. Although as we heard some, sh- some shreddy guitars, guitar solos do come in. Um, but I think it's a nice, I don't know. I like it as a closer. I like sort of the, the vibe it evokes. Um, I'm guessing, you know, gate called beautiful that suggests heaven maybe. Um, you know, she says, listen to what happened when the hands were clasped. Is that, a prayer? Or are we sort of, is this again, why I'm picking up on sort of like, are we in a hospital? Is this a family member dying? Is that why we're talking about some relationships that feel maybe more like family relationships than like romantic ones? Um, but it ends with, I want you to go with me. Hope you feel the same way. I'm always here to help. Um, which feels similar to the line, I'll always be there for you if you want me to earlier, which again, that suggests to me like maybe a family member or a close friend or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm overreaching in my analysis of this, but it feels a sort of like almost like accepting death, closing on that hmm. kind of note here. Um, but there being some like optimism to it. So I don't know. What do you think?
1: Uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll co-sign that.
2: Okay. It's a fun way to close the record.
1: And, and uh, as aforementioned, the... Inexplicably long, ten minutes right. forty nine second, and I looked on Discogs to just see like, mm-hmm. what what does the track listing say on, and gate called beautiful ten forty nine. All right, I guess that's this how they for, wanted it. They just wanted to have a.
2: <laughs> they wanted us to soak in that you know. You know, just silence, going up to that gate, just breathing it in. Here we go, John. The word.
1: We're soaking in good stuff. The track is playing. This is maybe beautiful. there's
2: something secret happening.
1: I don't know. Maybe there's like a, a low frequency that mm-hmm. that we can't hear.
2: Just like the coolest fuzz you've ever heard, but we can't <laughs> we can't grasp it. Um, well, maybe
1: there's some deeper meaning that we're just missing.
2: Perhaps. Um, that's ultra funny hiss. Um. I'm kind of sad to be done with Marilla's Forest. Uh, really, have enjoyed our time with them, and you know, it's a weird. There's like with these more abbreviated discographies we're doing to try to cover more bands. It's tough because we don't get to do our our set lists or our album mm-hmm. rankings, right, um, right? And it's fun to hang out in this this world uh, sonically that Marilla's Forest built. So. If folks like them, I do encourage them to check out the other records uh, that came after this. I don't think they're as strong, but I don't know. I feel like I will definitely return to these records again, um, more frequently than you will. Um, (laughs) And Probably true. If you like, um, you know, vibey, fuzzy guitars and female vocals, uh, you'll you'll still be happy with (laughs) what's coming later this season Um, with some other artists. But in the meantime, let us know what you think about this record. You can let us know over at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow and subscribe to the pod if you haven't already and give us a rating or review and we'll read it on the show just like we're about to do. Heard from a couple folks laying down those beautiful reviews this week. Please keep Mm. them coming. Give us those five stars. Write some reviews. We heard from Eric the Red who said, three hour episodes, sign me up. (laughs) listening to this podcast is the closest thing to having actual friends I've ever been (laughs) would recommend. (laughs) Um, Uh, So that's great. Uh, Gil Billy says great podcast. Pop punk lives loved the joy electric one, especially keep the content coming. Thank you, Gil Billy. Thank you, Eric, the red. Uh, It's what we like to see. We appreciate it. Helps folks find us. Um, You can email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com.
1: You can leave us a voicemail at 872 762 4763 8727
2: mag And you can support us over at the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod. And Andrew, this week, two Patreon punks join our ranks. Holy shit. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Carrie-Anne Arias. <coughs> Welcome, carrie Ann. Thank you for joining us. And Eric Gentry. Eric, the Ooh. aforementioned
3: Adorkables. The, the, the
2: bass player from the Adorkables? That's right, which we failed to mention when we talked to Jason Reagan last week, right. that he was actually in the Adorkables. <laughs> that's um, true. So we had played the Adorkables and then had Jason on, but didn't talk about it. So these Magpod Nation roots, they just go deep. You never know where these connections are, are going to bring it's you. Very, but Eric... That's very true. Uh, good dude. Check out his band, Adorkables which are putting out possibly a new record? Uh, Street oh, Talking? Oh, shit. Um, also, Eric mentioned... I mean, that's,
1: an, that's just a third band that Jason Reagan could
0: play in. <laughs> I on know, the tour. there you
2: go. <laughs> tour with all three bands. Do it now, Jason. I um, also, also wanted to mention, Eric shares an affinity for horror movies with me and suggested I check out Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I definitely want to. And Andrew features andrew wk in it so what? this might be some magnified pod patreon content i don't know hell yeah <laughs> we'll get into that uh anyway thank you carry on thank you eric uh you can also pick up some season four merch at magnifiedpod.storynv.com you can also pick up there some magnified pod merch which coming back real soon mm. thanks to small step records for sponsoring us go to smallsteprecords.com to learn more Thanks to Shadow Producer Jason for hopping on today and Bruno at Unoriginal Vinyl for our artwork. Well, I think I hear the voice of the spirit begging us to shut the fuck up. We'll be back to try to make you go astray in two weeks when we'll begin Magna Pod. Ooh, baby.
0: And that's it started.
2: Uh, it's so good, man. It's so cool, and it
1: sounds like spaceships are landing. It does. Like-
2: feels very right. Be, be on like the x files soundtrack songs in the key of x i don't know if anybody had that but that, that's what that, that was a real out. thing oh it was real baby You gotta check it out <laughs> so much good stuff
1: i mean i did fail to pick up that final the unsolved mysteries final <laughs> i saw it at Chippo. It was like it's like a, a foggy street
2: that it's such a cool cover i might get it cool. just to put the cover up in my wall <laughs>
1: Yeah, I it it also is giving me uh, like, uh, are you afraid of the dark vibes? Ooh, I wonder, I wonder if there's an get... "Are You
2: Afraid of the Dark" vinyl.
1: Yeah, I wonder if there's an "Are You Afraid of the Dark" soundtrack.
2: Uh, Google this... tells me there is, but maybe not on vinyl. Um... Well,
1: we'll get we'll get Jason on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It's> the <laughs> move next that, logical move that step. To, move that to the top of the list. That rules. Let's under do oath, it under oath. And then, are you afraid of the dark? Perfect. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.